Hey, it's Chris Urban. Welcome to the Triple Clicks Video Game Marketing Podcast. I was excited to have our good friend and content creator, J.D. Witherspoon, stop by the office for a quick chat. We had a fun conversation about being a content creator, working with brands, the challenges of being the son of an iconic comedian, and a breakdown of his journey to collect all the SpongeBob SquarePants Nikes. I hope you enjoy the conversation. J.D. Witherspoon. Yes. Thank you for coming out and doing this. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We do, you you know, I know you've listened. We've done a ton of these things. Uh, I've never had a content creator in. uh, Sorry, content creator slash actor slash comedian slash gamer slash host. So many slashes. I do. Wa- I voice act too. Yeah, I didn't know if I should take it from the Wikipedia page or the IMDb page oh my. or the YouTube page. Or- I I wouldn't use any of those. Those are probably really cringy breakdowns of who I am. <laughs> yeah. I remember back on IMDb they had the breakdown where, uh, and I hated this because I hate when people put me in this box, but it happens. They just uh, they just said, oh, you know, his dad's famous, so he's the kid of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to go into IMDb and be like, uh, no, I do my own thing, so I'd like you to just, all right, yeah. cool, let's edit I don't book I don't book stuff for my dad. <laughs> yeah. Your dad, uh, John Witherspoon, like, so I asked you to do this podcast, and you're like, yeah, and you were super grateful, or grace, graceful, and, like, the next day, you're on, like, a real podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did the day, next day be, was it me on Joe Rogan? Yeah, you were on oh, Rogan the hilarious. next day, and I was like, oh, Rogan's stealing my team. <laughs> Rogan's stealing He's my stealing. He's stealing your talent right from under you. Yeah, no, that was so random. That that came about just just on a like a random thing. Joe just he, he I was at a comedy club and he walked up to me and was like, "Hey, man!" And he started talking. And I I remember I re- I introduced myself to him once because uh, my dad had said because I go to the comedy store. I was just there last night and had a show. But um, when I was there, uh, my dad was saying, "Who who's at the comedy store that's like popular?" And I was like, "I don't know, someone that you would know." I was like, maybe. Uh, Rogan's there sometimes. Chappelle walks in this and that. He's like, "Oh, Joe Rogan's in there." He's like, "Tell man, that's my man, Joe Rogan. I, I used to do shows with him all the time in New York at Carolines. T- tell my man, Joe, I said hi." And I was like, <laughs> "Sure." So I remember the la- the first time I I had met Rogan before, but I ran into him. And I was like, "Hey, man, uh, what's up? Uh, just want to say nice to meet you." And I was like, uh, "My dad says hi." I did that like just to do it just yeah. to get it out of the way. I was like, I'm sure my dad will bug me about it if I, if I don't just do it. Uh, not that he'll touch base with him, but I was, and he was like, who's your dad? And I was like, uh, Witherspoon. And he was like, Johnny Witherspoon is your dad. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, that's crazy. And it was literally just that. And then like high and by. Yeah. But then later he like, oh, sorry. Later he uh, awesome. saw me at a different club and then we started talking. I tried to reintroduce myself. And he was like, oh, I already know who you are. Yeah. And I was like, it's oh. Good memory. And then he was like, no, he's like, I follow you on Instagram, dude. He was like, come on. And I was like, oh. And then he brought up the whole, like, hey, would you want to do the podcast? And I was like, sure. And he's like, yeah, maybe you and your dad could come on. We could do, like, a father-son generational comedy thing. I was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm down. And then that was just super random. So the show is really good. Like, there's a couple highlights. The one is your dad. He's like, you should do a podcast. And your dad's like, what's a podcast? <laughs> Speaking into the mic. Exactly. I thought that was crazy. I was like, what do you mean? Do you not know where we are, what we're doing at this exact moment? And he's just like, what? No. Oh, yeah. I, I might. Well, I should do a podcast. But he won't. His whole mentality of the entertainment business is I can't do anything that won't make me money the day I started. Yeah. That's how my dad sees it. Cause he's been working so long. Yeah. So I was like, well, yeah, I was like, well you, if you, if we did some sort of podcast, the money will come, uh, you know, advertisers, this, that, however yeah. you do it. But he's just like, but I want it now. I want the money right now. <laughs> he's, he's used to going where the audience was, which yeah. is old school as opposed to build the audience. Which yeah. Is totally yeah. understandable. That's just how it is. So yeah. well, that's all. what happened, what happened to you from a visual visibility standpoint after the day after like when it, when he posted, what happened? Uh, I definitely, I saw we, I mean, cause I helped manage my dad's social media and I obviously I'm all over mine, but I definitely got a bump across all platforms. And if I were to add them all, it was, I want to say across all platforms, it was anywhere between like 60,000 to maybe 80,000 uh. followers. If you do like 10 per platform, you know, yeah. like I think I went up like 10 or 18 subscribers, uh, excuse me, 18,000 subscribers on YouTube. I definitely went up 10 or more on Instagram uh, Twitter, more people, not, not that many more, but maybe like 5,000 or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, just from like a visibility point, I definitely have gotten jobs because of it. Yeah. And, and, or people have, you know, reached out who like, who are like, uh, 
people who are just friends have reached out or people that I know in the business have been like, hey, good job on that. You know, that was cool, this and that. Uh, and I know that random, very random stuff has come from it. I know, like I told, I believe you've seen my Instagram. I, I worked on Chance's album mm-hmm. recently, and he said that he had found me through that. Uh, so nice. that was, you know, just yeah. a, just on a whim. The platform's crazy. I, the people in your space understand the size of, of a podcast, and I do. Yeah, I, I have like I I have a, I have some decent listeners. Nowhere near him. I've got mm-hmm. people in 50, 50 countries that have listened to my podcast. That's cool. I can't imagine the scale yeah. and size of what he's doing because yeah. it's. I mean, it's global. Like it's got to be. Yeah. Just to another level that's unbelievable. I want to say that Rogan's podcast is the equivalent to like a viral YouTuber, but in podcast form. And it's every episode, right? Like everything, he and watches. he does it every day, which yeah. I don't. I I <laughs> I don't understand how he schedules them, but he just. But I mean, if you if someone asks you, if you ask. What, what's he gonna? What's someone gonna say? Ah, I can't make. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does. Yeah, booking the talent. I mean, he's got yeah. a real. He's got a. It used to be a real job, and now it's probably part time compared to what he's doing with the podcast. I mean, I he's still a hundred percent committed to comedy, so it's like he's always at the comedy clubs. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably at the store tonight. I think he was at the improv yesterday, but uh, that's great. Yeah, but no, I'm just like in the sense of podcasting because you know, you know. Uh, all the podcast platforms will recommend however many to you, but his is always top two yeah. in almost overall categories and comedies, just always there. And it scales to everyone because I think my wife listens to him all the time mm-hmm. and she could care less about UFC. Yeah. You know I mean? So she'll skip those episodes. But the, he's got great talent across the board on all that stuff, which is really the appealing part. And obviously he's just been doing it forever, so the scale gets Yeah, there. he's just an old school dude who started way back in the day. And I think it's funny because – when he has guests on his uh, podcast and if they, you know, they go on to flourish, it's funny because I don't think he acknowledges that, like, he gave them the bump. Yeah. I don't think, like, he, I think he's aware of it, but he just says, they're doing great things now. And it's like, well, you know why? <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit like that Johnny Carson thing back in the day. It very much is. You know what I mean? It feels yeah. like that, 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 I mean, if some, if it wasn't you, if it was some random kind of new up and coming kid, you've already got a brand, but mm-hmm. if you're an up and coming kid and he says, Hey, you want to be on my podcast? Like that's a life changer. Well, for, especially for all the friends of mine who are comics and I'm, I'm, I mean, I hope that my episode kind of helped pave a way for younger comics. Cause I realized he started bringing in like younger comedians on the show who people don't necessarily know. Uh, in the last like uh, month, I, I've That's seen great. I've seen like friends like uh, I think the most recent episode is my buddy uh, Fahim Anwar, and I saw my homegirl Annie Letterman's on there, and I was just like, oh cool, he's bringing like people from the clubs that he that he sees all the time. That's that's yeah. dope. That's so, great. You, know? you got to get on the East Coast version of that, the Breakfast Club. And I oh, man. With and the crew. I all I I would love to do the Breakfast Club, but I feel like. I mean, I don't, I don't know Charlemagne obviously in person or DJ Envy or uh, Angela Yee, but I just feel like it's they just instigate so hard <laughs> in a way where it's like even if all you have is positive stuff going on in your life, Charlemagne will manage to just be like, yeah, but what about this one thing? <laughs> like, Do you cheat? Yeah. Um, I just watched the Samuel Jackson one they just did on there, and he's that, yeah. such a good. I mean, I just I enjoy the interview style that those guys. Do I I like it too, it, but even with Sam Jackson, where you're like, you know, he's grown. He doesn't have time for like BS, but Charlemagne just still he's like, well, that's just kind of his role to like kind of get under people's skin or to make them like drive the conversation or just or just like keep you on your toes. And he I remember he was asking uh, Sam Jackson questions that I was like, what are you asking him that for? That's like it's not it makes no sense. It's kind of it's just out of it. it, And then Sam would reply with like uh, the right answer or just any answer. But it was just like he's like, I'm a grown man. Stop wasting my time. Like that was the vibe of his responses. To yeah. anything that sounded like crazy. It was, it was interesting. I, I learned a lot about him. Yeah. So I want to talk about, you know, content creator. So obviously you've done, you had a huge run on Facebook with the hosting confetti. You do a ton of voice work on adult swim. Uh, you did, you did movie stuff, but I think the thing that like we got connected through Google, Yeah, I think we did the transformers collab together. You were, I had you come out and host for when they did the mobile game. Mm-hmm. Um, what we haven't really had on the on the show is somebody who's actually the content creator. Talk to me about the business. How does it how does it work? If how did you get into kind of the streaming piece and and how did you land on on YouTube as your kind of key platform? Uh, I mean, you know, I think it was. I want to say a lot of the stuff that I've been doing over the years has been just due to happenstance. It's just 
someone will recommend me something that they think I'm good at. And I will be like, I don't know anything about that, but I'll try it. (laughs) And, uh, the YouTube thing or the internet thing in general, I, I mean, it's funny to think that I got in early cause it was five years after or six years after maybe the website was already up and live. I think five, I can't remember 2005. I think YouTube came out. I don't know. But in high school, I remember I made like a channel in like 2008 and I was just messing around on it. I put like really weird, goofy, dumb skits. They weren't funny. Or maybe they were funny to me, but uh, they didn't really go anywhere. And then I thought the name of my channel was really dumb. So I went and changed it and started back up in 2010. Is that that go from your name to run JD Run? No, no. Was I, it before that? No, this, yeah, this is before. I had, I have three channels, technically. The one that I, that's like the most popular is Run JD Run. But, um, in 2010, I was in college and uh, I was like an art major. And I remember not understanding how to turn art into a career. And I was just sitting back thinking like, well, what, how does this turn into a job? You know, I didn't understand like how to get your art to galleries or I back then Instagram and whatnot wasn't as big as it is now. So you couldn't just post it and then, you know, become like a famous artist. Uh, so I was thinking about what other outlets do I have to do things that I like or have some sort of career after college. Cause that was like college to me was just like, I'm just trying to figure out who I am as a person. Yeah. And, um, I know I was about maybe 20 or 21. Uh, and I, I remember a friend of mine, uh, said, well, you don't know what to do with art. Well, you're always wasting time in class, making us laugh. Why don't you try to be an actor? And I was like, I guess I could, I could, but I, but I, I don't, I didn't know what that is. Because your dad was doing it. Was that something you were trying to stay away from? You know what? I stayed away from stand up because my dad, that was his main thing. Okay. And I was like, I don't need to be a stand up comic. Your dad's main thing to me is Friday because I quoted oh, yeah. your dad for 10 years. Like, <laughs> don't nobody go back near the bathroom yeah. for 35 to 45 minutes. That's it. Like, that's what I grew up on him. But I know that he was like the king of the clubs in LA. Yeah. I mean, you know, day. he's, he's, he's old school. He's from like the, the prior days and the, uh, Rob. Robin Williams and David Letterman and all these people who were like the first, he, he was like one of the original, if not the original doorman at the comedy store. Like he was that guy. Like there's a uh, photos of him at the La Jolla uh, location of him taking a photo of uh, Mitzi Shore mm-hmm. and him being in the reflection of the photo, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and he did Letterman a lot. Yeah. Well, him and Letterman are like good friends. Yeah. They're real good friends. He, my name is John David Letterman because, or excuse me, John David Letterman, John David Witherspoon. But I have David in my name because Letterman's, so, well, according to my dad, he's my godfather. Yeah. So that, that, that was a thing because, you know, he was like the best man at his wedding and all that stuff. Uh, so yeah, we were, I mean, they're real close. They, I know they hung out like recently since like Dave retired, but, uh, you know, they. I just remember just that natural hair coming from that comedy. Yeah, they're just scene. from that class, and he would like once a year he'd invite him up to be a guest on the show just to just to do it because he's like that. He's my friend and he's funny, and I want his career to go well. So you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I remember. I remember getting into acting. Uh. When I was, like, around that time, two thousand, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and then I went on however many commercial auditions for, <clears throat> you know, for like. A few months to a year, and I, you know, didn't book anything because usually that's how it works, unless you, you get lucky and get something real quick. Uh, and halfway through, I was like, "Well, okay, I'm not booking anything, so this may or may not work." But what else is going on? And then my friend introduced me to YouTube and like the whole concept of being a YouTube creator because he was saying that there were YouTube like YouTubers who were like making funny videos and also making a living off of it because I think that's when they started doing the YouTube uh, AdSense program, which is probably 2009 or 10. And I wasn't even like, I was like, I'm not even really thinking about money, but I was like, it would be cool just to put my own kind of ideas up on the internet. And if this ever, if if this random hobby ever becomes a job, cool. But um, that's how I kind of got started uh, with the whole content creation online. And originally my first channel, uh, which is YouTube Slash, uh, I think it's Who Is You TV, but I think if you type in JD Witherspoon, it comes up either way. I think I might have like rebranded the URL. Um, It was all skits. I was just trying to make funny comedy skits because that's what I was into back then. And I'm I'm still into it, uh, except now I'm more of like a performer instead of someone who makes skits online. Um, But I made a bunch, man. I made like over 100 videos on that channel. I finally, that was like my, the hardest one to get up and running 
because it was the first one, and it's the one that I genuinely wanted to do well. It was kind of like a like a baby college humor type of thing. Um, but at a certain point, I realized like producing a sketch a week was just so difficult. It was like, all right, I got to write the skit. I got to storyboard it. I got to do all the, uh, I got to cast it with friends who can't act. Then I got to act them through the skit. (laughs) Then we have to make sure someone can film it. And then at the end of the day, I got to go back, edit it. And hopefully I can get it out by, by like Friday. And it was just so taxing. And I was sitting back thinking like, man, this is cool. But I, but like YouTube is starting to pivot away from, uh, like views and it started going into watch time. And, uh, when that started happening, I was like, well, what else do I do that I wouldn't mind creating content around? And then I sat back and was like, well, I love video games. And I, I never tried making any gaming videos at that point, but I was like, I still love them. And I'll probably be playing like Pokemon when I'm 80. So let me just, <laughs> I was like, maybe I can record my, my gaming sessions with friends and then I can upload them and we'll see where that goes. Plus the main reason I wanted to do it was, I wanted to make sure I had proof for when I know I won certain matches in games because I had friends who would be like, oh, no, I beat you that one time. Remember that? I was like, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> so I was like, we need we need receipts. We need yeah. we need to have the for real the proof of who won that. And then, yeah, I think uh, in between the time I made the gaming channel and I was I was doing it like here and there. And it just after a few like collaborations with some friends and also just. I was able to be more consistent just because, you know, gaming's just that much easier to create content. You can sit there and, like, record seven episodes in yeah. one sitting. Uh, and at that point, um, it started to surpass my other stuff. And I was like, oh, weird. So I guess I'm this doing is, this now. This is easier than the skits. Yeah. So the, sk- yeah, so the skits, I started to like, uh, to, like, let go down a little bit. And now I'm hopefully trying to see if I can t- rebrand that. Uh, page to like a podcast page because it already has like a hundred thousand followers so i'm like let me make because i i want to do uh my own specific podcast but i haven't really figured out what i want to talk about or who what i want it to be sure um but yeah so yeah the next thing you know i had like i have a vlog channel too but i haven't gotten i haven't finished working on that one uh when i got my last vlog that i managed to post was the day before i got married and then, and then my wedding vlog, I put in the editing, uh, whatever you call it, like the the project uh, tool or whatever. area. Yeah, I started editing it, and then I was like, oh, "This is taking so long." <laughs> and that was two years ago. So, so yeah. our so it's one of those things where like the video is like sixty percent done, and people have been like hounding me about it, and I'm like, it, "It'll come out." I, I, one day, one anniversary day, video. one day, and I feel bad because I really enjoyed vlogging. Like I, if if I was as consistent as I used to be, I would probably be here right now with a camera. Like, oh, we're here, triple clicks, hanging out, doing all this stuff. So yeah, that's the interesting thing. I think I I listened and we do stuff with um, a lot of different kind of talent, but I think if you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk and his, mm. he doesn't write, he doesn't do he doesn't do a lot of things, but he the video capture and then they just pull it apart in seventeen different ways. Yeah, so that's yeah. the interesting play on how to do what you're really good at and then separate. You know, I, he doesn't write, but he'll take the written word and have somebody else transcribe that for LinkedIn. And so I think figure out what you want to do, and then I think there's ways to pull it all apart, and you can hit that content on platforms, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I I uh, I. I'm into the whole uh, Gary V thing because my I mean, I knew who he was, uh, but my wife told me to listen to his audiobook And then when I listened to it, uh, he opened up my my um, I guess you would say my view to posting everywhere. And like because I didn't do that at one point. I remember back in the day, I'd be like, I'm not going to post a YouTube video on Instagram. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm like, heck, no, nah, I don't care what it like nowadays. If I have one clip. Or if it's a full video or whatever, I'm like just I'm hitting upload on every website to see what the numbers look like across the board because, you know, you'll put a YouTube video up that may not do well on YouTube and then you go and put it on Instagram. For some reason, it's like people are watching it there. Uh, So I definitely tried changing up the whole 
content strategy with uh, yeah. even taking old, like with my sketches that I used to do, I t- I've lately been taking old ones and just posting them on Instagram because it's like nobody's ever seen these before. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, it's interesting. My wife has never watched Joe Rogan's show, but oh, really? listens to the podcast because she does it when she exercises or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, it's, yeah, it's taking that and kind of putting it all over. I'll connect you with Tyler on his squad. When you're in New York, you should, mm. you guys should find time and go over to VaynerMedia and check that stuff out. It's, uh, they've got a good setup. It's, oh, definitely. Really cool. Yeah, man. How do you figure out content-wise now that you've got a specific for your gaming stuff? How are you? Because I know you're. You know, we did Mortal Kombat stuff together, and you yeah. play Mortal Kombat, and then you're like, I'm gonna have my mom. I'm gonna have my dad yeah. play Mortal Kombat. How do? You, how are you? I mean, besides the creative side of it, from a business side, how are you picking games and how are you picking the content? Well, you know, I think it's one of those things where because I I kind of spread myself thin with the amount of things that I do, so I can't put a hundred percent into everything, which I wish I could. Uh, but for, for the content creation side, uh, on like YouTube or streaming on Twitch, um, I know that like when I'm really into it, I, I'm just posting like consistent. Uh, the main thing is the consistency. I, I try to make sure that I can do, cause I think when I was really going hard, I was doing like either one or two videos a day specifically posting them at 1 PM, uh, West coast time to make sure they came out at like four o'clock east coast time uh and then choosing games is it's never really part of the i think i think it's one of those things where it's good to have a schedule where you can have your audience know like oh this game that i like to watch that he plays will be up on this day at this time uh i i i feel like i followed a schedule for as long as i could but nowadays i'm kind of loose with it but that's because I work on different are you, things. Are you picking games that you want or are you picking games that are popular? You know, I, I'll pick a game that's popular and just like make a video just to like toss it in the water, like toss it into the water and see how it does, you know. Okay. Uh, and if like the audience reception is good and people are like, oh, I want to see more, then I'm like, OK, we'll continue and see what goes on. But, you know, in this day and age, it's so hard to keep the attention span of the digital a- ages audience so Sometimes I used to do a lot more um, playthroughs or walkthroughs, but now I will save like trying to beat a full game. I'll say, hey, let's just go to Twitch and stream that because then we can hang out all day. I can sit there for a few hours. We can try to beat it through like the week or whatever. And then if there's fun moments, I can take those and chop them up into like highlight videos and then put them on YouTube. Um but yes, nowadays you do have to be a little more uh, careful with the content on YouTube just because of their algorithm and how they flag things. So I don't, I feel like I tried, like I know I played like Mortal Kombat all the way through on my channel, but unfortunately I know that that game is a game that gets suppressed on purpose because of the blood and mm. the like fatalities and the brutalities and all that stuff. So you take the algorithm into you have unfortunately you have uh, to nowadays. Yeah. You can punch your dog. It's still like <laughs> still like kind of a chat. like uh-uh. the stuff that they're like it's been a tough week for them. So Yeah. I, well, I mean, I don't punch they've them. Had kick a, them when they've down. had a few tough years now. It's one of those things where now a days since like I feel like since 2016 when you think of YouTube and you think of content creator uh all you think is like controversy, you know. That's I feel like Twitch is taking the crown. Like Twitch the last... and Twitch, Twitch is taking it right now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Right. But yeah, it's a, it's. But it, the problem is, is when you you take one hit, it goes across. It's everybody, right? And yeah. That's the challenge. The I think the worst part is just because I remember my friend um, Matt Pat, if you know Matt, because mm-hmm. uh, he was with uh, my, which is crazy, my old uh, network, which was uh, Defy, which had that terrible like seventy million dollar. Uh, whatever rip off situation, and he got ripped off. A bunch of creators got ripped off, but he—I know he had a video that I watched. It was real interesting, where he said that he pitched to a news outlet that wanted to write about him a whole story about how they've been doing great things and they're doing charities and all that stuff. And the people who he pitched the uh, article to were like, "Oh, sorry, if we're doing anything with YouTubers, we just want like controversial stories." And he was so they aren't into seeing anything that's positive coming out of YouTube yeah. or mm-hmm. in the that's digital age. So like that was a thing that he said uh, kind of blew him back because he was like, wait, what? You're telling me we can't if, you know, if something good is happening for the platform, no one wants to hear about it. But if it's all like drama and this and that and then 
And he, I mean, the the company who probably told him that isn't that wrong because you know, like drama sells and. What you expect though, like I, yeah. I live different, but I live through like, oh, gaming. Tell me about esports, and I'm like, five percent of the industry is esports. What about the other ninety five percent of the industry? So it's, you know, having conversations about like when you think gaming, I think esports for some outlets. It's it's interesting. They just have like these preconceived notions. So I'm sure negativity was that person's or that that company's yeah. preconceived notions about the space you're playing in, as opposed to like, hey, TV numbers are going down. People yeah. are watching YouTube rather than TV. Like I had Keel, Jeff Keeley in here, and we we're talking about like, do you ever want to get back on TV? And he's like, I'm on TV. Like yeah. like I'm on your TV right now. Like the it just it depends on where you want to put the platform. Yeah, it's just way more accessible now. Like I don't have television. I I I left it with me and. My my wife uh, moved into our apartment and um, I, I'm one of those people very much where I go to YouTube first to see what I want to watch like for my day. Like I'll sit back and I'm like, all right, let me go see uh, Philip Phil DeFranco's new video. Uh, let me scour. Uh, I watch this guy, Chris move who does basketball stuff. And I check out all the highlights or what's going on in the NBA. And it's so weird. Like I, I, I have like, my own little mini networks of just mm-hmm. content creators who go over the genres that I like to like to know about. I, I'll watch like a video talking about uh, the new Nintendo Switch Lite and like its features or what it doesn't do or hacks or new characters coming out. And then only when there's something really popular do I go to like a Netflix or a Hulu or Amazon Prime Video. If someone's like, "Oh, you got to watch this series," I'm like, so "Okay." So you go there on purpose. You know what you're going to do on there. Yeah. Do you you spend more time hunting and pecking on YouTube than you do on Netflix? No, I'd say no because I'm I have I'm subscribed to so many people. Yeah, so that's there's my, always that's my something challenge. to watch. Yeah, I'm. That's my challenge. I've got, yeah, I'm not deep enough on the subscribers on YouTube. I'm probably on 15 or 20 channels. No, I've got like over over the years since yeah. I've been doing. I'm subscribed to probably like anywhere between 300 to like 700, 700 different yeah. channels. And from that perspective, I can see why certain like channels can't stay afloat so long because it's like yeah. if you're if you're like a lifer or if you're or if you're one of these kids that grew up on youtube you know you're gonna you know, eventually you're gonna grow out of watching somebody and then you have to like bring in new people uh but i i think that's something that i learned specifically from youtube um they said well think when when it comes to me creating content they they said well, think about how you watch YouTube. Would you sit around for the the the, the full duration of your video? And I'm like, yeah, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Which is funny because yeah. I'm the op- maybe it's because of my age. I am particular about not getting into 300 subscriptions because I wanna I wanna have find good, yeah I wanna find stuff. the content. Just like on Facebook, if you have too many friends, you're never gonna see your friends' content. That's true. I think that of that. So I watched my friend owns Collider, which is a movie shows, mm-hmm. and so I watch Collider, and they just cut back to half an hour. And then John Campia, who who does a movie show that I watch, and his is like three hours, and I just put it in the background. So yeah. like you know when I'm working, I'll, so yeah, I don't. I don't really think about length, but I don't have the I don't have like oh man I still have 290 other channels to see if they have <laughs> I mean, content. So I have a I have a bunch that I follow, and I know a lot of them can be unsubscribed from. But it's just like I'm like well what a, I was like yeah, I, don't, I don't need no purpose. I don't need to unsubscribe. Like I, there was a point where I thought this was like you know something I wanted to watch or there was something I wanted to see. So if something else comes up, I just save it. It's kind of just like having a like a subscription to something. Sure, you know. Uh, so I definitely I, I I'm not sitting back thinking I gotta watch all of it. I just say, well, I, I do have like a top 10 or 20 list. And then I'm like, well, I watch these ones every day. And if something else comes across from the rest of them, then I'll just hopefully get a chance to jump in. Yeah. So hopefully I'm in some some kids top 20. Top, <laughs> right. Top 10, top 20. <laughs> how does the business work? How do you how are you making money? So for people that don't know. As the is it paid per views or how does how does the is it the AdSense model different now or how how is the, how's the business side for you when you post content? I mean, you know, it's one of those things where uh, when I was doing, I think it's one of those things where it all depends on how much you put into it, just like anything, any job. But specifically, YouTube or uh, social media, I'd say YouTube just because it's the one platform that you're guaranteed to check. Same with Twitch. I say I'd say those two are the ones that you you know you're doing the AdSense thing. You're doing the the what is it monetization splits uh, with the company. Um, how do those work? How does the how does it so how, what's the difference between Twitch and YouTube's monetization? Well, I know I know with YouTube, 
I believe regard I think YouTube always they always take 45%, I think. So you're already kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From the jump, you have to So a brand comes in and does some like they probably do the Google search. I searched for a Ford and if I mm. if I'm searching, if I go on YouTube, they'll serve me that ad and if it happens to go to your page, they'll serve that ad on your page and then you get a piece of that or so I think well, it's like I even I don't know the deep deep rooted you just open the uh, check and you be like, all right, I got this check. Well, it's, I know that, <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes it's one of those things where like, it's very much, like I said, how, how much you put into it. Like right now, because I'm so busy, I'm, I would say I'm not from a, like, if you're talking about like, you know, uh, quarterlies and how well you did last month to the other month, I'm not doing well right now just cause I haven't had time to put so much effort into it. But at the point where I was in my opinion, doing really well. I was like uploading consistently. I was getting like really good views, uh, uh, back to back. And you as a content creator, uh, I know that watch time is the favored algorithm piece back in the day. It used to be viewership, but now it's watch time. So technically the longer the video, the better, but not too long. I think like the minimum cap is like 10 minutes because at 10 minutes you're able to put mid rolls in your video. So as a creator, you can go to like the back end of your dashboard, click a video, click monetization. Hopefully it's being monetized and it's not demonetized because they deemed it unworthy or there's something in it that shouldn't be seen. Doesn't qualify for advertisers. Yeah. Or it's like limited advertising and they give you like the yellow dollar sign uh, thing. But on a video where it's doing well, you can, you know, if the video is 10 minutes, you can sit back and say, okay, well, cool. I have like a pre-roll in the beginning. There's a post-roll at the end. I'll do a mid-roll like at the five minute mark. Or if you want to try to make a little more money, you can do a, uh, do a roll at the 250 and then one at the 750. And, and you, you have, control that. You And yeah, you can control that. But the thing is, the viewers can see that. Like you can scroll across the bottom bar and see like little yellow dots where mm-hmm. commercials are. And I think you can try to jump over them and skip them <laughs> if you want. Sure. Um, but I mean, I know that if... You do a, the three seconds countdown on the sides and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, skip, add, all that. Kids will figure out how to get past it. Oh, sure. Don't. You know, ad blocker, which is fine, but... Uh, uh, except it's like, you know, some people's livelihood. But uh, yeah. I think it's just one of those things where, like, your viewers, if they see, like, 20 of them in a video, they're like, okay, greedy, what's going on? Yeah, totally. um, but the only time I think I've ever posted, like, if I do a live stream, then I'll go back to, a, like, a live stream on YouTube. I'll go back to the the VOD, uh, the video on demand. And if the if the live stream was, like, two hours, I'm like, oh, I'll put a commercial every 15 minutes. That's not that bad. Yeah. Like, if you're going to sit through a two-hour stream, you can handle a 30-second commercial that you can most likely skip anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it's one of the ones where it's, like, non-skippable. Um, but, yeah, that's, like, that's how people, I think... And then sit- you're paid on the you're paid on the experience. So I'm I just trying to dig into it. So mm-hmm. we're learning that you place the ads, you, just, you make those kind of what what is what you're allowing to kind of come in and then they the people that are staying through the video and the what's either watched or clicked through or whatever then you're monetized based on eyeballs on it i think it's like that but more i think it's like if someone were to actually click on an ad then it's like bonus a bonus okay. uh perk or okay. a bo- or bonus money the main thing is just them sitting back watching your content. So if someone sat through the full 10 minutes of a video, that's great. If, if you, uh, get them to stay for like eight minutes, that's also pretty high. That's like 80%. Uh, but like, you know, if, if you're only getting people to stay through like a minute, minute and a half, two minutes, then that's not the best for the algorithm, which is watch time. So a majority of my videos will be anywhere between like 10. Now I'm trying to cut them down to like 15 is my, like my maximum. Cause when it comes to gaming content, uh, people will sit back and like if a video game video is a look like like under 10 minutes, that feels short to people because you're sitting back watching like progression happening happening in a gameplay. Yeah. So I think on my lengthier ones, there'll be 30 minutes on my shorter ones. There'll be anywhere between 10 and 15. And then if it's like something where it's like, man, this is just one of those games where it takes me a while. I might do like an hour playthrough. Like, I remember I did that when uh, Breath of the Wild came out, and 
every episode would be anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour because I was like, look, if I don't do this, we'll never beat the game. Sure. You know? And so if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. It's it's, yeah. it's there. I watched your Cuphead one last night mm-hmm. um, of you trying to figure out how to push the push your thumbs. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I like I liked the idea of the length because I know, you know, if you're if if I'm watching that right when it drops, people want to see. You know, they haven't had a chance to play through it yet, or so there's some mm-hmm. educational stuff on on that stuff. So yeah, that's the the difference between pulling up. You know, having the fun video of killing your dad and Mortal Kombat versus kind of doing a walkthrough and educating people on the thing. So yeah. how do you, do you try to do a blend of all the, the different content just depending on your time and what's coming? I think it's just one of those things where I just try to give people content that they know I would want to be a part of. So if it's a, if it's a let's play, I'm like, let's, you know, let's get into it. Let's see how far we get. If I'm terrible at the game or if, uh, if I'm not able to complete the game on a timely manner, because there's some days where I'll post part one of like a 20 part playthrough and people will be like yelling at me for part two, like only an hour and a half after part one. And I'm like, ah, you guys got to wait. I need more people to watch part <laughs> the first part yeah. before I can give you the second one. They, But, you know, you don't have that Netflix model where you're going to throw up all 18. Minutes. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I do have friends who do that, though. Yeah. So I've I've thought of doing that just to see how it works. But I don't think it's the same for a YouTube viewer. Like it's, you sure. know, you got to have the appeal of like, I want to watch all of it right now. Yeah. So I think not for a lot of binging. On no, you, you would have to, you know, I mean, also it's just one of those things where I'm speaking from my perspective. Like I, I still in my head don't classify myself as a big YouTuber. I feel like I'm more of like mid tier to not small because I know what small is. <laughs> like, but I feel like I'm a mid tier like YouTuber slash content creator on that platform just because of like regardless of how many views i've made over time it's still one of those things where uh with longevity you know your numbers fluctuate so i mean i've had months where i'm doing a few million views a month and then i've had some months where i'm only doing a few hundred thousands um and from the outside looking in uh, it's funny your viewers will <laughs> they'll they don't understand that like youtube is a business and being a content creator is a business so you're not going to be at the top of your game all the time you might have some days where you're you know you're you plateau a bit and you're just hanging out and then sometimes you might dip or you might fly back up so uh i know like right now specifically because this last year i was working on uh the show confetti on facebook which is a uh, the trivia show i was hosting uh i did not have a lot of time to create content for YouTube. Plus I had the luxury of a job that was technically paying me more than my YouTube. Uh, so I was like, eh, I was like, I'll be okay. You know, I, I didn't like stop posting completely or entirely, but prioritization. Yeah. I was just sitting back saying, I can't focus. I can't give both a hundred percent. So, you know, I'll try to split them down the middle. Uh, but in splitting them down the middle, I want to say that this past year, like 2018 to 19, even though it was a great year for me in my life, it wasn't the great for my like it wasn't the best for my like on t- online content because I realized I didn't go super far up in subscribers. I think I only gained like twenty thousand subs in the last year, and usually I gain anywhere from like from like a hundred k to like one hundred thirty. So like I and that's like a goal of mine because it's to me it's like a really good base goal. I don't try to say like I want a million next year. I would love a million at any time, <laughs> but uh, sure. but I sit back and just say like if I could get a hundred thousand more followers or subscribers, that'd be awesome, or fifty or whatever. So this last year, I, I think I only, I mean the year's not over, but I, I only ended up getting about. <sighs> anywhere between like i think 20 to 30,000 uh new subscribers which is good either way but it kind of it was it's also probably just one of the uh only years where i posted probably the least out of all the years that i've done it and that's cuz you know now i'm i'm booking jobs that are outside of youtube sure. and and uh twitch and all that stuff and i'm trying to uh make sure those keep coming along along with being able to create content so i think it's just one of those things where as long as i know as long as my audience knows that I'm still around and I'm not just like dropping it all and giving up, I think yeah. everything will be good. Cause then I can always be able to say, Hey, I got more time now, guys, I'm going to focus on putting up content, uh, compared to just being like, Hey, I'm out of here. I'm Hollywood now. I got to go. <laughs> yeah. Or even if you're taking, even if you're building content or under offsite, 
mm-hmm. jobs, right? So you're, I know you're, you're traveling next week. How are you creating content to put up? You know what I mean? Like, I think you can do some of that journey stuff too that can, yeah, can kind of at least you're, you're keeping the channel filled with some things that, that kind of keep it rolling. Definitely. And I, I also am just trying to open up, uh, my audience more to like, cause you know, I've been doing the gaming thing for so long that now I feel like, I feel like gaming is very, not necessarily niche, but unless you're playing like a specific genre or you're playing with a group of people, uh, or like, you're just like a Fortnite, it's one of those things where you can't, it's not that you can't, but it's, it's like, I want to say it's a lot harder to stay sustainable with gaming. So now I'm trying to pivot a little more and put more of my real life stuff into my gaming channel just because it has the biggest following. Uh, so nowadays, like I'll randomly post like a sneaker unboxing vid. I'm like, I like sneakers. We're going to get into, just, we're going to get into that. You know, <laughs> so I, it's just, yeah, it's just yeah. your, your channels have evolving, but so are you, right? So it's yeah. just that you're allowing more of your real mm-hmm. self or your, the stuff that you love kind of into the channel, which yeah. I think makes a lot of sense. Cause I think your audience is probably growing as well. Like having run EA sports and kind of worked on that stuff. The kids that are watching your game videos love shoes already. So mm-hmm. there's a natural tie to how that stuff works and, and builds together. And it's all about, in my opinion, just kind of like mixing it up. Cause the funny thing is like, I do stand up comedy, but a lot of my stand up comedy friends have no idea that I do gaming stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same with my platforms. Like sometimes uh, I'll put a clip of me playing video games on Instagram and a majority of the people who follow me on Instagram are more real people I know slash people who follow me on YouTube slash people I know in the industry. So it's funny when I post something that to them is super out of left field. They're like, wait, what is this? You're, yeah. what is this? You're doing video games. You got these weird highlights, these clips. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's like another thing I do. So it's it's always interesting to get like the response from people who think that I'm only doing one thing and then they see like a completely different version of the type of stuff I'm up to. It's the entry point of where, where they found you. And like, I, there's gotta be people out there who are like, wait, the rock used to wrestle. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, I watched the town the other day cause I was listening to the rewatchables with Bill Simmons. And mm-hmm. they said, one of the stories was as someone was Ben, uh, ben directed the, the film and he's taking people around Boston and he's like, that's where Matt grew up. And they're like, Jason Bourne? Oh, you know Jason Bourne? Like, you guys are friends? <laughs> and it's like, I think, you know, he was like, that's the first time that, you know, he's always had that Matt and Ben kind of thing. And he's found a generation of people who didn't know that they, the backstories of those guys growing up together. So yeah. it's the evolution of the audience and the, and the, the new people coming into it. Yeah, so the, where they find you is kind of what they kind of put you into the box, mm-hmm. yeah. which is interesting. It's interesting. I know that because... I know that like before I even got into comedy, I didn't realize that uh, Rogan did comedy. I was like, I was like, you mean the Fear Factor guy? <laughs> like that's that would be my response. I mean, like making you, I, people eat crickets is not comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or uh, I'd be like UFC. I was like that's and then I and then as a, as I started growing as a comic, I did research and I started looking up like old clips and I see like him and other people and I'm like, oh, that's so random to me, you know. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, that you know. He would to me was the Fear Factor guy. Why is he doing the UFC stuff? So yeah, yeah again, the entry point. Mm-hmm. You work. Um, I, I have a ton of brands that listen. You've had good experiences with brands. I know that we did the Hollister stuff together mm-hmm. when we did the the crash launch. Talk a little bit about partnering with brands um, and some of the stuff you've done and, and how that experience was. You know, I think the thing with uh, brands and all that stuff is you gotta, if, depending on where you're posting or work, if you're however you're integrating a brand into your content or your uh, lifestyle career, whatever it is, you just gotta you gotta make sure that you. Uh, showcase it to the viewers like in the in the best way possible the most fun I think that's why I work with a lot of brands nowadays because I'm very open about it I don't try to hide it from my viewers I never I think I never tried to hide it it's one of those things where I want them to be excited for me and nowadays they are but I remember back in the day like on on YouTube or wherever if you were doing a, a brand deal you know they start calling you a sellout <laughs> they, yeah. they jump real quick to saying like oh new sold out this and that and it's like whoa okay I don't know how much money you think I make yeah. through YouTube AdSense it's not that crazy so sometimes yeah we need I need some outside sources to help continue this whole journey. Yeah, I think it's interesting that I 
I was, we did a thing where Reality Bites is old now and people are like, the whole movie is being about a sellout and, mm. and that. And then there's the kids in the new generation is like, I don't, they didn't, they're like, why sellout? They didn't understand what the word sellout means. Some mm. of gen, like the Gen Z, like, what do you mean? That's just part of the business, right? And yeah. so I think it's, people are conditioned to be working with brands and see that stuff, that the idea of sellout isn't as strong as it was in the 90s. So the older kids, myself are like, I, you know, I don't want to be seen like a sellout and the modern day Gen Z is like, what do you mean sellout? That's just how the business works. Well, yeah. And just corporate America was looked, you know, completely differently back, like in what the eighties, nineties, early two thousands, 2010s. Now, uh, now yeah, Gen Z, the, it's one of those things where capitalism is just, is just a part of their day every day, you know, like all these apps they use, that's, that's pretty much it. TikTok, every, all that stuff. Everybody wants to be sponsored. I mean, like yeah. the idea of Virgil doing a Nike isn't a sellout. That's a collab, it's right? A, yeah. People, it's, they're people called understand. collabs now. That's yeah. what it is. It's just a different kind of, it's, it's a, a different, different type of branding. That's yeah. all it is. But, uh. Yeah, I mean, I I know that I I've worked with a lot of brands. Which what is, brands have you worked with? Uh, I, I remember off I, the top of your head. Off the top of my head, I know I have a list in my phone, <laughs> um, <laughs> or it's like it's like somewhere in my files. But off top, I want to. I'm trying to think of the first brand deal I may or may not have ever done. There's like a check involved. Like what was the I, first? I one think the I first felt? one. That, I think the first one that ever I got money that I had ne- I personally never seen before was like AT and T, and. I got it from my old one of my old YouTube networks. This was back when I was doing sketch uh, sketches sketches. Um, they they got me this like brand deal to make a sketch revolving around AT and T and talking about like uh, uh, it was like either their phones or some sort of like Bluetooth headphone thing. I don't know what it was, but they paid me like money that I'd never seen before. Yeah, and I was sitting back and I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting, <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I've worked with like AT and T, Pizza Hut, LG, Nintendo. I work with all the time. Microsoft, uh, Ubisoft, uh, Dunkin', Dunkin'. They like to be called Dunkin', not Dunkin' Donuts. So just Dunkin'. Yeah. That <laughs> but new uh, model. yeah, the new model. So I did one of those like recently. But like Dunkin', uh, Wells Fargo. I uh, did one for CBS. Is the Twilight Zone reboot that came out. Uh, I'm trying trying to find that Nike connect so I can make yeah, those I saw, happen. <laughs> I saw that. Is, what do you enjoy more? Is it the endemic or non-endemic? Like, I mean, is it, are you working with like Wells Fargo? Are you a Wells Fargo customer or how do you judge? You know, like, it's one of those things where, cause some, like if the brand doesn't make any sense, I usually will say no. Sure. But if it's one of those things where even if it doesn't make a lot of sense and I know I can make it work, yeah. you know, I'll do it's that. It's gotta be good with the content. Yeah. Well, it's one of, yeah, I'll make it, I'll make it work just so I can like, you know, uh, help like, you know, feed my family and do my, sure. do my stuff. Like, cause I know I did a thing with Wells Fargo via Instagram and it was around like the NBA playoffs. So I was like, all right, you involve the NBA. I watch the NBA. So it makes sense to me. Uh, but I guess, you know, Wells Fargo was like one of the sponsors of the NBA playoffs. So I just needed to talk about uh, how how the game, the game that was on that evening went and all this stuff. The worst part was just that Wells Fargo, even though a sponsor, they didn't have the legal right for you to talk about direct mm. stuff in the NBA. So it was the weirdest Oh my goodness, the weirdest brand integration ever. Because I'm like, did you see what number six did in uh, the fourth quarter at the 32 minute mark? <laughs> like, and like, it didn't make any. And that's the thing when they sent me yeah. the. And that's the worst part. It's one of those things where, whenever I work with brands, I'm like, hey, can you please be descriptive and know what you want and send me like the the proofread out so I'm I can get a jump on this and not you know last minute be like, what am I making? Yeah. Because sometimes I'll get those in a. They'll say, yeah, so we want you to just, you know, have fun, be, you know, lighthearted, this and that. But, hey, you can't do this, this, that, this, and this. And it's like, okay, well, I can't make anything. Yeah. You, you, like, with the rules that you have instructed, you're, you, I'm, I could be talking about anything. <laughs> this, it doesn't even make sense to It's good post. to get direction on what the guardrails of what they're looking for. But at the same time, you got to be able to, like, the NBA thing is a great example. Like, yeah. You got to be used, like. I gotta use the content. Like we gotta, I gotta be able to talk about something. Or you know, how do you? Hey, I want you to review my game, but you can't have a copy yet. Like, yeah, just random. Yeah, review my game, but or review my game without giving any negative criticism. It's like okay, I can do that, but that's if the game is genuinely 
like yeah. all fun. Like I, you gotta let me be a human about it. Yeah. If I'm, I'm not, that, no. I don't do negative movie reviews. So if you not see me do a movie review, you like that's my review, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I always try to go into it positive and lighthearted, but uh, I think with brands, I'd rather you tell me what I can't do up front. That way, I know what I can, and yeah. then I or go, at least what you're looking for. I mean, I think with when we when we did crash stuff, I thought it was great. Cause yeah, like, no, that was good. That's an example of something that I knew you loved, and you and you do gaming, and it just that platform makes makes a ton of sense. We work pretty closely with brands to help find the right people mm-hmm. um, to do this stuff, and it's you know you've got to be charismatic and positive and all the things that are important to them, but it's also people that have to like be into the brand yeah. Wells Fargo is a corporate kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. you're healthy. I don't know if you eat donuts or not, but you're a pretty healthy dude. But mm-hmm. like, but you love, like I, I'm not allowed to eat them, but they're great. Like I love them. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's interesting to figure out the way to kind of navigate through the brandscapes and, and figure out what's like, I would never do Pepsi cause I love Coke. Well, and that's, that's, yeah. that's, you know, here are the pillars. I, you know, I would do a, an Under Armour shoe, but I really, my channel knows I love Nike. So it's yeah. it's tough to kind of navigate kind of the different spaces. It's it's definitely it's definitely a tough thing, and it's interesting because if you have to like work with a brand and have bias towards them, even though you're a fan of other stuff, that's even weirder. <laughs> but you know, but it's not a problem because I think you just have to you have to showcase yourself as like, oh no, I'm open to working with. You know, even if you all are rival brands, this is I work with this genre of content. So like, yeah. if you're a sneaker person. Because uh, I know I have a few friends who are like sneaker-related content creators uh, or just basketball. You know, they'll review like a Nike shoe, but they'll also review a foot. Excuse me, a Adidas shoe or a Puma sure. or something. Just like you're doing a Nintendo game and an Xbox. Yeah, you know, like you can't. You love the space. All, yeah, you love the space, and also these brands. I think they're starting to realize you can't keep companies or uh, content creators or. Uh, brand ambassadors, celebrities, whatever you want to call it. You can't keep them in a box just because you want them to only like your product. You got to let them just showcase what they do enjoy because that way you get featured, someone else gets featured. All you know, It's, it's all authentic it's, it's just sharing. Like, yeah, it doesn't hurt anyone at all. If you had advice for up-and-coming people that are my, I have eight year old twin boys who want to be YouTubers. I'm like, it's really, you really do. Don't you? What, what's the advice to get people started? Well, if you, if you had a, a young kid that's coming on that wants to actually be a streamer, kind of be an influencer, well, what's the advice on getting started? Um, I would say try to, I mean, you can go in and just like mess around, but at a, cer- at a certain point, try to figure out what it is that you like to do or what it is you're best at. And just keep in mind that, like, I mean, I'd like to say nothing is overnight, except I've seen overnight success. (laughs) But, you know, nothing is usually an overnight type of thing uh, unless you just go viral, in which case, good job. Um, But the main thing is just make sure you're doing stuff that you want to do, that you're happy to create, that doesn't upset you or bore you. And the main the main thing is like consistency. And that's consistent. I mean, that's for most things. But. Specifically with the online stuff, it's just that the moment you take like even a one week break, people are like, "Did you die?" Like you, that, I'm, that's like a real thing. Yeah. Like if you if you don't see a celebrity post on their platforms for a full week, you think they're like being suffocated under, under the, a pillow. The or something. woman in the UK that disappeared, right? Yeah. And she had to come out and be like, "No, no, no, I'm good. I'm right here. Like I'm just not on my phone." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. But um, yeah. I mean, I would just say. Uh, you know, be consistent, be, have fun, be creative. If you need, um, if you need like something to help influence your stuff, go, you know, the people that you watch, try to check out what they're doing and then try to make your own version of that. Uh, cause that's what I did when I first started. I was watching like certain content creators and I was like, I love the way their stuff looks. I wish I could make stuff not exactly like theirs, but ha- with a similar feel or aspiration, uh, aspiration. Yeah. You know, like, um, do that. And also, in the online community, it's one of those things where I would say, you know, first things first, you're going to have to just, like, share your content with the people you know, family, friends, um, people on your Facebook, people on your Instagram, your Twitter. So, you know, try sharing it with them and then eventually, uh, you know, don't spam it to them. That's the one thing I'd recommend because <laughs> I tried that when I was first when I first started. I remember I used to have, like... I think I had 40 different threads on my Facebook and I would tell people it was like 20 per person each thread. And I would send one video and say, hey, no one reply to this. 
just click the video and watch it if you like it and that's it but i don't but yeah but i mean but that's the type of stuff you have to do and then eventually you know um with the digital age there's so much there's so much opportunity out there and reach so it's like don't get discouraged there's someone out there who probably wants to see what you're creating and if there's someone you want to work with i mean if you have a good way to pitch yourself you know that's that's what i I, honestly that's what i did when i started like i only started meeting the people that i've that i know now because at a certain point i was making however many videos uh a month and then i was like all right i need to like figure out how to get these seen by more people so i think i was on my twitter because everyone uses like Twitter in the sense of like talking, you know, mm-hmm. like Twitter is kind of like the, the, the water cooler of the world. So I remember I sent like a, uh, I forgot what it was. It was a video that I made like a music video parody. And I sent it to someone that I liked watching on YouTube and was like, Hey man, uh, I feel like this is in your realm of content. Check it out. If you like it, let me know. If not, you know, that's it. I didn't ask for anything. I wasn't saying like, please shout me out, blah, blah, blah. And he happened to check it out and then he saw it and he followed me back on Twitter and then he DM me. And he was like, oh, this is pretty cool, man. Uh, you know, if you ever I think I think that he said uh, he said something like uh, if we ever need somebody for a video, maybe I'll hit you up. I was like, sure. I was like, I, and I think I was kind of pitching myself on a guy who like does voices and impressions and characters and stuff like that. And also, you know, if you do get into that circle where someone uh, does want to work with you, you know, be, be open with your time. Say like you, the main thing is like trying to have something to offer and not like you have to give yourself away, but it's like, if you know that you can help someone else be better, maybe you do that for a little bit while you're still trying to figure your stuff out. Cause I would, I would tell uh, fellow content creators like, Hey, if you need an editor, if you need someone to help you shoot a skit, I'm around uh, boom guy, somebody running the mics or something. I'm a, you know, yeah. why not? Cause I was going to film school at the time anyway. So I was like, I'm learning this stuff, so I might as well use it. Uh, but that's how it usually was. And then it was weird. Like I one meeting one person snowball to another and then another and another. And now relationships, that's great. Cra- well, that's the, that's I, everything that's. And that's to me, like, I want to say that's my best skill set is networking. <laughs> yeah, which is critical. I mean, I think that's yeah. that's that's how we're together. Is yeah, I was Google was my client. They told me to use influencers, and you're one of yours, and in mm-hmm. one of their influencers, and we collaborate and just kind of stick. I think relationships, everything kind of revolves around. Like I'm, yeah, I'm eventually going to have Jeffrey Star in that chair because I just want to talk about <laughs> the crazy stuff. Like, first off, the Supreme collabs that mm-hmm. that he, he digs into, and the Taco Bell stuff. And I just find that stuff really interesting, and I love the space that you guys are carving out and creating and the content that that's being built in the right ways i always find especially for brands and as we bring video games into the space and finding game you know gamers who can kind of connect with brands and games in the right ways is always kind of what's really um, appealing for us to to figure out how to navigate people so definitely Let's talk shoes before I let you go. Um, <laughs> so why why are you buying every single pair of SpongeBob shoes? Because I saw you on the road. How long did you hunt those down? It didn't take that long, actually. Right. I, it How was, many stores did you go to? Two, actually, only two. Okay. I thought I was gonna. I, I went to where did I go? I went to Nike Santa Monica. Okay. And you know, because they they got rid of the Nike on Wilshire. I think it used to be Nike Nike Town or something. Okay. Uh, but they have Nike at the Grove. And they got Nike Santa Monica. And I went to Nike Santa Monica. It was one of those things where I I have, I don't have a connect from Nike, but I have these guys who do the whole, uh, you know, they, they, they can help you get sneaker purchases quickly and all that stuff through, mm-hmm. through the, uh, through the apps and all this stuff. They, I mean, according, we got people, we yeah, all got people, we all have people who can help you get Shout sneakers. out to my people at the downtown Jordan store. There you go. You know what I mean? Like which yeah. I, you never share their names, but no. um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So you went there. I, I woke up late. So then I was like, Oh crap. I was like, I missed him. I didn't care. I was like, I'm over it. But then it was like nine o'clock and I was like, Oh, maybe one of these stores has them. Maybe I can go buy them in person. And I called, uh, like Foot Locker, I called Nike, I called all these places. And then uh, Nike LA was like, yeah, we got them. Or excuse me, Nike Santa Monica was like, yeah, we got them. Uh, and no, and then I was like, is there a line outside? It was like 9 o'clock. They were like, no, no line at all. I'm like, okay, I'll go. So then I drove there, got there by like 9.27. 
of course there's a freaking lie. <laughs> and it's like it's like 20 maybe maybe 25 26 no maybe 20, 20 18 to 20 deep. And I'm sitting back, and I, my thing is, like, you know, as a sneakerhead, I'm looking at feet sizes as I'm walking past the line. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, how many people are here for resale and how many people are just here to buy them? Uh, and I'm seeing all these kids who actually just, their kid, kids just want to wear these SpongeBob shoes. And I'm like, okay, bunch of kids, size, look like a size 8, size 7, size 10. That's not me. I'm a size 13, so I'm very, I have a very niche. feeling good about the young people. Yeah, I'm like, I have a very niche foot size. <laughs> and um, I finally get in line, and then uh, when I went there, uh, I happened, it was the, the only thing that annoyed me the most was I was, um, sitting there and they're like, yeah, we on the phone. They're like, we got them all. We get in line and this lady comes out and she's like, Hey, just to let everybody know, we have none of the Patrick's. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, why'd you lie on the phone? <laughs> so whatever, went inside, waited in a line, uh, told them I want a size 13 and everything. And then they were like, okay, cool. And I'm glad they had them. Cause I hear that the Mr. Krabs were really hard to find. Okay. So they had the Mr. Krabs, they had the Squidwards, they had the SpongeBobs, they had the Sandys, and then the Patricks. I called a few stores and I called Beverly, the Beverly Center's Foot Locker. They were like, "Yeah, we got them, size 13." Went over there, waited in line for like another 20 minutes uh, with like only maybe 10 people in line. But by the time I got to the front of the line, they were like, "Yeah, we have no no 13s." I'm like, oh, "Okay, now you're wasting my time because now I'm just sitting in line for no reason." Uh, and also shout out to, there was a viewer who was in the line who didn't say hi to me, but they tweeted me later said, I saw you at full locker and forgot to say hi. Or they were like, they didn't want to approach me. They were kind of like scared. And you I was can't, you yeah. can't hold a line for me. I was, I told, I know yeah, start I, tweeting. I'm headed to this foot locker. I know, here. Right? Like I, just, I, I get weird. Crowdsource these lines. I know low key. Yeah. I get weird with my location. I don't want anybody to like pull up on me and then make things awkward. Cause whenever that, whenever someone who notices me says hi, my wife always gets kind of freaked out. She's like. Uh, How do you know my husband? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, I do. I do, Internet put, I do put myself out there a lot. But um, you know what? Then uh, a friend of mine DM'd me on Instagram and was like, yo, there's a store in Little Tokyo that has all of Not all of them. They had the Patrick's, which I wanted in like all sizes. And I called the store. Uh, I think it was Shoe Palace. And I, I called the Shoe Palace and I was like, hey, you guys got these Patrick's in size 13? They were like, let me check. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we got those. I was like, could you hold them? Because I just don't want them to be gone by the time I get there. And they're like, yeah, I'll put them to the side for you. So got nice. there, went there. Shout out to Shoe Palace. Shout out to Shoe Palace. I, uh, shout out to Shoe Palace. I didn't think that most Shoe Palaces don't sell basketball shoes like that. They sell more streetwear shoes. They have like Jordans. And maybe a few LeBrons, but they don't sell a wide majority of basketball. See, specific you play shoes. basketball. I, I, like, I was going to yeah. ask you about that because on your like, wh- why aren't you wearing basketball shoes in the street with jeans? Like, that's fine. That's not a thing. Like, you. Can it depends on the shoe. It depends on the shoe. You're not going to wear Kobe's. You, no. You're not going to see. I wear the Prano Fours all the time. Okay, I so don't play I, would, I would wear the pro, the new Protros, like the the camel ones that came. Yeah, like the four. I want those still. Yeah, uh, see, I rock all the fours. Like, I'm not a huge Kobe fan, but I, like the four was my shoe. So yeah, I've got all those. Like, I I don't play basketball. Like, mm-hmm. the, every shoe's a lifestyle shoe. Well, no, every shoe's a lifestyle shoe. But since I play basketball, I can feel the difference between the bottom uh, rubber of a basketball shoe on concrete or on. You know, outdoor uh, yeah. outdoor things compared to on a basketball court, uh, indoor basketball court, and you can feel that you're like tearing at the tread, <laughs> so it bugs me. But like, I'll wear. But don't like, you have certain shoes that like? So I run, and I have I literally have five hundred pairs of shoes, yeah. and I don't have any running shoes. Like I've got like yeah. one pair, right? Because I would never run in those shoes. Yeah. Like those are my good shoes. Like so I started playing tennis, uh-huh. and I, again, and I'm like, I don't have any tennis shoes. I need to go get some. Like I have five hundred pairs of shoes. I should yeah. be able to have something I can play tennis. I know. I, I know what you're saying. I used to play tennis in uh, in high school, but uh, now I was on the t- high school tennis team. I just started up again because like let I'm, me know. Let's yeah, go. Let's, let's go, go get a rally, like, man. For, for sure. Um, but no, it's not that. Like, I don't refuse to do it. It's just one of those things where I just if, – if I bought them for the purpose of basketball, then I'm going to play in them. If they're really cool, I'll buy two and right. make sure I have one for – one to you know one to wear, one to rock, one to stock. I'll do that. But the SpongeBob ones, I was just looking at them, and I'm like, I'm not going to get them dirty, dirty. Plus, I'm not going to play through all five shoes consistently enough to get them dirty. And when I do get them dirty, I could just take like a – you know. 
a, a cre- what do they call them? The cre- crepes? Yeah. Or, uh, uh, and just yeah. wipe them down real quick or brush them. Or get- I use like just like the wipes you use for your house. Yeah. yeah. I, I clean everything. Or I think it's like Mark. Norman, yeah, John, John, uh, Jason John Marks. Mark, Jason Marks. Like, yeah. I'll take the wipes and just wipe them down because I did play in the SpongeBob's and I got them like a scuff or two. But you yeah. just go get regular wipes and that stuff works yeah. really well. But so. um, I just want to make sure you're wearing basketball shoes <laughs> in the street too. I, that's, I, I wear the basketball shoes that I mean I think feel more street to me, like Jordan ones because they're just flat on the bottom. A, but that's not a basketball shoe. Technically, it is. Yeah, it was great. Jordan warmed in the Yeah, he did, but that's because he didn't have other better shoes out hey, there, man. right? That's a lifestyle shoes. So. Yeah, that's true. But um, no, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it depends. It really depends on the shoe. I, I can't even think of a basketball shoe off the top of my head that I would wear in the street. Like, I guess you could you could wear Kyrie's, but to me, it's just like it's like I, I want you to find a shoe you can't wear in this. Like you, you got like know. everything's a street shoe. You, I may not play basketball in this shoe. It's the reverse. That stuff is. Like, I, I like, know. It's, it's I, the culture. Come well, on. that's true. Like I got a strap. I got this. You know, I've got this off white strap on my shoe. And but like, like no, but what all, the hell is that thing? And I'm like, don't worry about it. Yeah, like, it's yeah, not for yeah. you. But all, but it's one of those things where. For ba- I think it's just because because I play basketball, there is also like a style to the court. So that's why I have sure. like I'm one of those like uh, what's the dude's name on the Rockets? PJ Tucker. If you look him up, he's got so many different shoes. There's a dude on the Yankees that do the same thing. He mm-hmm. just took he just took the Travis and put cleats on the bottom of the Travis. There like you he's, go. he's like he's killing the shoe game yeah. for the Yankees. So, it's so like, yeah, yeah. Same thing. I I enjoy stunting on the basketball court and being like, oh, I have rare hoop shoes to play in and whatnot. I do want to go to the game where you're stunting those Patricks on the basketball I'm court. telling you, or you do a, you rock a SpongeBob and a Patrick. That's what I've been seeing people do. There you go. You rock like uh the left and the right and then change it up. I'm having a hard enough time switching up my laces on the pat on the uh yeah. on, the, on the Travis ones. I've got a red and a black lace and that's uh, that's dangerous enough. I don't know that I can <laughs> I, can, the, I can mix it up. The one thing I didn't realize was I need to take those insoles out. Because the other day I played in the Spongebob's, man, I rubbed his face away. It's gone. And I was so sad. It was as if it was never there. <laughs> yeah. And my friend said, you should have put tape down inside your shoes. You got to get those gel inserts that kind of protect it a little bit. I'm just, I'm going to just, I'm ripping all the other ones out. And I'm just going to put like, I have other Kyries. I'll just put those ones in there or something. Yeah. Uh, but that that pissed me off. So I want to go buy another pair now. I want Not even another pair. I'm hoping that on ebay someone's just selling the insoles <laughs> and i can get i can buy those for however much but there you go your voice like what's your vet what's your favorite character to do the voices in for spongebob oh man i don't know uh i i like patrick Pat, give, me, give me patrick patrick he does the uh uh little little Lee. <laughs> and he does the spongebob oh what does he say um you know spongebob I wombo, you wombo, we she wombo, the study of wombology. <laughs> it's first grade, SpongeBob or uh, Squidward with the. <coughs> oh, you two again! <coughs> I don't know, <laughs> Mr. Krabs, e me money, <laughs> or the just the you know the. I can only do that a little bit. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I would entertain myself all day doing voices. <laughs> like, it'd be so much fun. Yeah. I appreciate you coming out. Thanks for doing this, man. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Someday you'll get that podcast. Let me, let's, uh, oh, no, I'm yeah. happy to reciprocate. So oh, let's, yeah. let's do it. Absolutely. Thank you.